Welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. This podcast is sponsored by WellBaby. WellBaby, from the makers of Pregnacare, provides careful nutritional support for babies and young children from birth to four years. WellBaby is a comprehensive vitamin and mineral range, which includes the exact levels of vitamin A, C and D as recommended by the UK Department of Health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Strong Like Mum podcast. This season is our Talk in 20 episodes, where each week we discuss a specific topic on how to achieve a holistic, healthy and happy postnatal life. This week, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Rebecca Moore, a perinatal psychiatrist with over 20 years of clinical experience supporting pre and postnatal women, alongside being co-founder of the Birth Better campaign. This week, we're talking about birth trauma, perinatal anxiety, and how to create a positive pregnancy, birth, and postnatal period. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, morning. Morning. Um, I'm so pleased that we can have this discussion today. Um, It's something that I've got little experience with, but I know that, um, you know, the river can run deep on this topic. And I want to arm any listeners with the tools to cope themselves or to help others that they think might be struggling. Um, This episode is going to be focused on the positive and offering coping strategies rather than running through any specific traumatic experiences. Um, But I do want to issue a warning to anyone who's listening who may have struggled with their mental health in the past that the details of this episode may cause some emotional triggers. Um, So Rebecca, welcome to the Strong Like Mum podcast. Let's start just by discussing some signs of birth trauma, because based on a little bit of my own personal experience, but also conversations that I've had with friends who have struggled with this, it became evident that it's not always actually immediately obvious, even to the sufferer, that they are actually experiencing birth traumas. What are some of the symptoms and how do they manifest themselves? Yeah, I think that's such a good point. So I think it's just to know that, you know, it's it's very common and sometimes it can take time for us to, as you say, sort of process how we feel about our birth. Mm. And I think sometimes even the word trauma can feel too much for people. They can feel like they don't particularly resonate with that. So I suppose a way to think about it is, you know, if your birth has been very different to how you imagined, to how you planned for, it it took an unexpected twist or turn, as birth often can. And it's a birth that you can't really forget. You can't you feel you're stuck around or that you simply can't bring yourself to think about or talk about at all. So it it can manifest in lots and lots of different ways. And obviously, it's very unique to each person. But it might be that you avoid talking or thinking about your birth experience completely, because you just get so distressed. If you start to think about it or talk about it. Or conversely, it might be that you just want to talk about it all the time and it feels like it's in your mind all the time and you're constantly sort of going back to it and replaying it and reliving it. Sometimes it can affect our sleep, so we can have nightmares. We can often feel very sort of switched on. So we've had an experience perhaps that felt very fearful and out of control and overwhelming. So we're left feeling on super high alert and and hope and worrying that that's going to happen again and that might affect us going out it might affect how we parent the baby we may be worried about baby that something is going to happen for them there can right. be a lot of anger and irritability so lots and lots of different symptoms and as you said sometimes these can happen very quickly they might be happening within weeks 
but then other times it can take a while for trauma symptoms to sort of evolve and we're also trying to recognize those in the middle of being tired being a new mum so for some people you know it might take months for these kind of feelings to emerge or even for some others it, it can be in their second pregnancy or future pregnancies that these symptoms first start to happen um that's interesting about the second pregnancies mm. do you know does um birth trauma always sort of go hand in hand with tocophobia which is this intense fear of childbirth yeah. or can um, they sometimes be separate yeah no not not always so you know um sometimes people have a very traumatic you know first or or, or whatever pregnancy number experience and then of course understandably <laughs> afterwards um having another pregnancy can feel really frightening um and bring up lots of understandable worries and anxieties but it you know it is entirely possible to have a a very positive birth experience after a traumatic birth experience for sometimes people come into pregnancy already holding thoughts and beliefs about birth that make them feel more fearful about birth so Mm -hmm. it's very different really for for each person Okay. And is uh, birth trauma specifically always around the birth or can it be related to postnatal experiences? Yeah, that's another really important issue to to talk about. And increasingly, we really sort of think about perinatal trauma rather than specifically birth trauma. So it might be one thing that happens to you or it might be multiple things that happen to you and that might be in pregnancy during the birth or postnatally so it doesn't have to sometimes you you know I'll be speaking with people that had a relatively good birth experience but it was about their postnatal care that caused their trauma so it can be at any time point during the pregnancy journey or in in early motherhood yeah so from my personal experience I um I never really consider myself to have suffered birth trauma, um, but certainly in this last pregnancy that I had, which was twins and during uh, this whole pandemic with coronavirus, um, and I had a cesarean, which I've not had before. And I found that recovery process really difficult because I was Mm -hmm. in hospital, no visitors, um, and I've never had a major operation before. So being in hospital, the only relationship I have with that really is birth the birth of my children um and I found this week really isolating and lonely and almost as though they treated you as oh you know a cesarean they're really common so just get on with it whereas for me it was this huge deal and I I didn't have the people around me that felt comfortable um have other women ever expressed similar feelings to that yeah so I think you know the other thing to to recognize about having a difficult birth experiences that it's not necessarily about medically what happens to you of course it can be sometimes Mm -hmm. but it's often like you say very much about how you're made to feel so Mm -hmm. you know if women are made to feel uh, unheard dismissed feeling alone feeling out of control those are very very often common causes of trauma yeah Um, and I think you know it's really important to recognize that how we make women feel during their birth is really important and can can make a huge difference. You can see people where they've had a huge catalogue of medical events happen, but they've had somebody with them consistently that's been 
explaining things to them, communicating. Mm. They felt that they are consenting. They have Mm. felt that somebody is caring for them. Mm. And that can mean the difference between trauma or not very, very often. Yeah, I think that's very interesting that you use the word consent because I certainly began to feel, after my caesarean in particular, as though people were treating my body as if it wasn't my private area. You know, Mm. they're just sort of... Put, I felt like I was being pulled around and injected with that and then postnatally they were like right get up why aren't you getting up quicker you know and I just really felt like they were saying okay you've got to inject yourself you know I had to do these um, injections in my stomach for um, blood clotting you know to avoid avoid that and they were coming in every day and they just did I have a real fear of needles and they were just doing the injection and I felt really as you said out of control and as though I wasn't even given the opportunity for them to say look this is why we're doing this and then for me to say yes absolutely that's something I'm comfortable with um so that's really interesting that you use that word um are there any specific support networks for those that are struggling even those perhaps that feel like that in hospital and they want to say to someone look I want someone to be more aware that I'm feeling like this yeah, so I think, you know, it's it's always good if you feel uneasy about something or you want to know why somebody's doing a particular procedure. If you feel able to, to ask, then do, always. You know, I think people are, you know, really nice and they often don't, you know, feel that they don't want to challenge things that are being suggested in terms of care. Mm. But I would say, you know, if you feel uneasy always feel that you can ask whoever's looking after you questions ask them to explain what they're doing and why if you feel able to do that that's absolutely within your right to ask that and you know good healthcare providers will not mind answering questions around that at all I think if you if you don't feel able to do that I think this was where it comes to having discussions pre-birth you know with your birth partner about them taking on that role perhaps and them you know being able to advocate for you and ask you know why are you doing that what's the rationale for that what happens if we don't do that so you know it's really important to have had those conversations beforehand because of course if you're in labor or in pain or tired sometimes you can't ask those questions as you would do normally so you really Mm. need to you know be able to rely on your birth partner to support you around that I think if you know if you feel really unhappy with care you know more people should make complaints I know that's probably not a popular view but (laughs) you know the only reason systems change is if we recognize how we're doing it wrong Mm. and failing um, there are tons and tons of amazing resources online that you can reach out to. Um, things like the Birth Trauma Association, Birth Rights, Make Birth Better, AIMS. Lots of places have helplines where if you've had an experience that you're trying to process, AIMS, for example, are completely independent to the NHS. It can be a really good sounding board for somebody to hear your experience and for you to think through together about you know, what, what went well, what didn't go well. So there are lots and lots of different ways that you can seek support. Okay. Um, you mentioned there about partners and their involvement and how they might be able yeah. to support um, someone struggling with perinatal anxiety or birth trauma. Yeah. Um, I've spoken to friends and have my own personal experiences with how um, a, a birth of a baby and your relationship to that process can actually impact your relationship with your partner, in particular when it 
comes to discussing having more children, perhaps. Um, How can partners offer support and how, you know, I think it's really difficult sometimes for the partner to understand what it's like to go through that process. You know, birth is a huge process, however you give birth, and it's a massive Mm. moment in your life. Mm. During pregnancy and birth, your body goes through all these changes and then postnatally. How could they maybe try to, you know, gain some sort of understanding for what their partner is feeling and how can they support them? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. It's so difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, you're both adjusting to being parents you're both tired it's a really vulnerable time for new families I think you know it always comes back to communication if you feel able you know keep talking keep explaining you know try to explain how how perhaps birth made you feel you know be kind to each other take it gently you know try to look after each other try to have times together but also space you know, for each of you to have some space alone. Mm. Um, There's no right or wrong because, you know, obviously each couple will interact and communicate in a very different way. But I think it is about keeping those channels of communication together, you know, recognising that you're both tired, that you're both going to have moments where you're perhaps more grumpy and more irritable, Um, you know, trying to have small moments of intimacy together. I'm not talking about, you know, sex, but just, you know, having a hug, being together, going for a walk together, just keeping those channels of communication together. And I think if it really feels like, you know, there's a huge miscommunication that can really often happen after trauma, because Mm. like, you know, going back to sort of bodily side of trauma you know often women will feel completely like you say that they sort of lost control of their own body they were you know touched repeatedly examined repeatedly Mm. and that can have a real impact sometimes on sort of sexual intimacy as well Mm. so for some couples you know perhaps having some support with couple therapy can be really really helpful to find a way to sort of re-navigate how you're talking together, how you're communicating together, or perhaps even sort of sexual intimacy as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's just about, you know, being open and honest. And also, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, couples or family members don't get it. And I think, you know, we have to recognise that sometimes that does happen I think that can be a real source of distress for women Mm. you know the focus is you've got this you've got a healthy baby why are you moaning you need to get over it by now yeah and sometimes unfortunately friends family colleagues won't get it Mm. and then you might need to be talking to people online or in a peer group that haven't had a similar experience and and do understand where you are but it's always always about communication yeah, communication. And I think to circle back on what you said initially, um, recognising those symptoms in terms of either really overly, repeatedly um, going over your experience or perhaps mm. wanting mm. to avoid it completely. Um, mm. Because are there, are there subtle differences between things like postnatal depression and birth trauma? Or do they begin to roll into one and, and cause sort of like a ripple effect into each other? Or is there a really strong difference? 
So there is a difference. And, you know, this is where I think, you know, we need to be much better at giving space to hearing women's stories of their birth Mm. and giving them time to really talk through them. Because actually, once you hear somebody really tell you and talk to you about their birth experience, it's fairly clear when that has been traumatic or not. And I think a big part of the problem is that we often don't have those conversations. You know, some women don't even have a six-week checkup or their six-week checkup is all about feeding or Mm. contraception. It's it's not really so much about their, their birth experience. Um, some women, you know, may be sitting in an NCT group and feel like, well, everybody else had this perfect birth, so how can I talk about mine? So it's really enabling us to hear all the stories of birth. Um, and, you know, then women feel that they're able to share their own experience. But I think there is a clear difference. I think, unfortunately, lots of women pluck up courage to go and speak to somebody and get told that they're depressed when actually they're not, they're traumatised. And there are very, you know, clear differences symptom-wise that as a professional it's fairly easy to to tell the difference. There's actually now a specific birth trauma scale, which is very quick and easy and can really help identify whether this is trauma or depression as well okay and it's really important to get it right because you don't want somebody to go off on the wrong route of treatment and be left suffering with symptoms so i think again you know if you go and see somebody and you you know because this can happen you know you're told that you're depressed and actually you think well I don't really think that that's the case Mm. you know go back see somebody else some surgeries GP surgeries have a perinatal mental health champion lead GP so try and see them or try and write it down or on the make birth better website we have some crib sheets where you can tick off your symptoms and take that with you maybe physically to start a discussion and say look I think this is, you know, as a result of my birth rather than anything else. You can become depressed after a birth Mm, trauma, mm. but, you know, usually it's because the birth trauma has not been picked up or identified. And if you can quickly identify that and offer the right support, then often, you know, people haven't got a clinical depression as well. And and in terms of preparing for a subsequent pregnancy with positivity Mm. you know moving Mm. on from your experience and learning to cope with that how can women you know is it as you're mentioning now talk therapy based you know talk and and make sure that you're heard and listened or how should women positively prepare for another pregnancy if that's what they would like so I think it's a whole host of things you can do so you know it might be about thinking Um, am I going to move to a different setting? So, you know, last time I was at this hospital and I'd prefer to be at this hospital or Mm -hmm. a lot of women will move from a hospital setting to a home setting because they feel that gives them more agency and Mm -hmm. control. Some women might have a doula involved as an an Mm -hmm. additional um, support and advocacy or they might use an independent midwife. Um, For a lot of women, it's really about thinking with their birth partner about what happened last time and what, you know, what went well, what didn't go well. Mm. It might be about thinking about your pain relief, you know, what what worked last time, what didn't you like, what would you like differently. Um, So it's it's, it's pulling all of those different strands together so that you feel you, you are in control, that you feel safe, with where you're choosing to give birth, who's going to be with you. And I think it's often about thinking about what you don't want to happen again. So really teasing out from your prior experience, if you feel able, 
look, it was this that really distressed me and it was this that really distressed me. So, you know, changing it next time. So for some women, for example, it might be say, you know, I don't want to, I want to be active in my labour this time because I found it very distressing not to be. I don't want to have unnecessary vaginal examinations. I want to have continuity of care. I want to have a named midwife. I want to have a doula with me. There are a whole host of, of different ways that you can make it a very different experience great um and then finally i just wanted to touch on body image and birth trauma um mm-hmm. i actually did a poll just yesterday on my instagram and i was i was not surprised in a way but also very surprised in a way um that during pregnancy the vast majority of women felt confident about their body image but postnatally the vast majority actually felt really unhappy with their body image um mm-hmm. and of course i understand that postnatally there's a journey of recovery that you need to go on mm-hmm. but I was surprised that in terms of just their image of their body there wasn't this pride and positivity around what they created there was actually a lot of um, difficulty and negativity there can birth trauma affect your body image postnatally yeah absolutely without question I think you know again going back to you know, the causes of trauma is that often um, something that I hear all the time is women talking about feeling that their body failed them or their body let them down. And I think what then can happen is that you can end up feeling very disconnected from your body mm. postnatally. And perhaps, you know, you have a scar that you weren't mm. expecting to have. Perhaps you've had a physical injury, so a tear. Um, all these things, you know, that you kind of cue back into your body image because you feel your body didn't do what it should have done Mm. or that your body was altered in some way that you weren't expecting Mm. and trauma can often lead to you feeling disconnected from your body and it can also often lead to trauma being held in the body so a lot of people with with trauma will have a lot of muscle tension or headaches or pain that's really a, a an expression and a reflection of of, of what they've been through so another way to heal you know in terms of trauma can also to, to do body work as well and that might be you know learning grounding techniques gently reconnecting with something like yoga or pilates or having a mm-hmm. scar massage can be very very healing yeah i think it's really important to heal mind and body in terms of trauma yep. because you can't Without without really looking at both, often you're just sort of treating one part of the picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think um, <clears throat> I think uh, I also, you know, as as a as a health and wellness professional mm. um, and, a, and a fitness trainer for pre and postnatal women, there is research out there um, that's ongoing actually about uh, whether emotional stress can trigger scar tissue regrowth so for women who have had abdominal surgery like cesarean um Mm. you know addressing any mental health trauma or anxieties that they have is actually going to really impact their uh recovery and Mm. and i'm sure the same is true for you know, recovery of women who've had a, a vaginal delivery. Um, thank you so much for your time today. That was all so interesting in particular, you know, that what you mentioned there about feeling disconnected to your body, I can certainly relate to that. Having not had a cesarean before and always been a really physically active person, mm-hmm. I then had the cesarean and I, I've never, I've always been able to trust my body to do the right thing my whole life. I've I thought oh great you know I know exactly what my body's going to do and you know it recovers really quickly 
Um, and it's always been really able to jump and spring and move. And suddenly I felt like an alien in my body. I suddenly mm-hmm. felt, you know, mm-hmm. like I'd, I'd, of course, you know, cesareans, they are amazing. They are like a life-saving procedure for many women and, and babies and they're, they're fantastic. Um, but it is, you know, almost like an attack on your body or almost, you know, and I felt completely out of control. This, this really, after this natural organic process of pregnancy, suddenly this very mechanical process happened mm. and my body was, um, I was just almost as if I was in shock and I mentally knew what was happening, but emotionally and physically, it, it still was this, as I said, you know, as an attack would be sort of a sudden impact on your body. This was like a sudden change on my body. And I went from pregnant to not pregnant in about, you know, eight minutes. They were born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took a while for my body and mind to reconnect. Because although my mind logistically understood what was happening, I just wasn't fully prepared for that process. And physically, it took some catching up. And it was quite an unnerving uh, recovery process in that respect. So I completely yeah. resonate yeah. with what you're saying there. Um, I think it's also just, you know, the way we we think about cesareans. You know, a cesarean is a major surgery. Mm. Um, you know, if you think about it as being almost equivalent to a hysterectomy, say. Mm. But yet with a cesarean, we send women home after 24 hours. Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, okay, we might tell them don't drive for six weeks or, or mm. don't lift. But in terms of, you know, how we see that as a huge surgery that needs time to process physically and mentally, I just don't mm. think we give very good advice around that or or just the kind of societal narrative is that you just have your cesarean and then you go home and you get on with it whereas with any other surgery we would be saying you know take take six weeks off here is how you can mm. heal you know I think that that's really telling the way that we treat cesareans yeah absolutely absolutely um right just to wrap up is there any other advice that anything we haven't touched on that you would offer to women that are suffering with birth trauma or perinatal mental health issues or people who feel that they might know someone who is struggling yeah so i think you know i very much want the narrative to change from always asking women to reach out to us really thinking that we should be doing the reaching out so Mm. i think you know if you know somebody that's a new mum, that's a friend a colleague you know we need to get much better at checking in with people and also to recognize that you do not have to be a mental health professional to reach out and support somebody actually what you need to do is listen and mm-hmm. be kind and that is often the most important for somebody to feel really heard and to be able to start to share their their story and their concerns so I think it's really important that we all you know do that instead of always asking mums to reach Mm. out because sometimes they just can't I think the other thing is you know not to forget dads because dads get trauma as well and we really need to think about families as well as Mm. just mums and then I think for mums um if you're listening today and you feel you know gosh a bit of that you know chimes for me and makes sense you know have a look at the make birth better website feel free to message me on Instagram if you know if I can help signpost you I will and please you know don't be afraid to speak up and talk to GP or health visitor because the whole remit of perinatal um, teams and services is to support you and your family it's not to judge it's not to shame and there's absolutely no shame in you know saying look actually I found my birth quite tough and and I'd just like to think about some ways to heal from that and you will heal 
Brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, so where can people find you? You mentioned uh, Make Birth Better website, but yeah. where else can they find you on Instagram? What's your handles? Yes, it's just at Dr. Rebecca Moore on Instagram um, and also on the Make Birth Better website. There's there's lots and lots of free resources for parents, families, professionals. We've just uploaded a free um 20 minute video around birth trauma so anybody that wants to learn a bit more after listening to this today please do go and take a look at that as well brilliant thank you so much thank you so much for your time rebecca oh you're so welcome thank you thanks for listening to another episode of the strong light mum podcast and remember vitabiotics well baby expert nutritional care for your little ones for the start of their journey to find out more visit www.wellbaby.com